Lessons in Tanya. The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. He started out the chapter, there's a great rule. The Benini has to know that the essential matter is for a person to be in control, in charge, in control of his nature. Not to follow impulses, not to follow urges, instincts. A person has to has to have a purpose to his life. A person has to have a theme to his life. A person has to take look at nature as raw material, take this raw material, and turn it into something. Through tremendous effort, and uh, you can take your um, take your raw material that God gives you and sparkle. We are like diamonds in the rough. We're on page two thirty. We're like diamonds in the rough, and or we're like leather hide of an animal. And we have to, through tremendous effort, turn it into silky leather. Raw hide of an animal, turn it into silky leather, take a diamond in the rough and make it sparkle. How do you change? It takes tremendous effort to change your nature. How do you take this diamond in the rough and polish it? The effort begins with the mind, with awareness. All change begins with awareness. Through awareness, through understanding godliness, and therefore, and evoking a passionate feeling towards godliness, and therefore are engaging your entire mind, your heart, and developing an inner life that enables you to sustain the Jewish way of life, to think like a Jew, and ultimately to think like a Jew, and speak like a Jew, and act like a Jew, until you become fully engaged in godliness. Your whole life, and this becomes the theme of your life. This becomes a motivating theme behind everything that you do from the moment you wake up in the morning till the moment you, 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 you lie down this is the theme that runs through your life and everything in your life is consistent with this theme this is the life in the world the inner world of the Benini and then he continues that then a Benini there's another great rule that a Benini must realize and remember that even if he doesn't have the capacity to feel passionately a deep because not everyone was created with the capacity to feel passionately there are people who don't feel passionately about anything. Even things you should feel passionately about, but they don't. They're not passionate with their spouses, not passionate with their parents, not passionate with, even with their children. They're just not passionate people. Not, not even passionate about their business, about whatever they're doing. They just don't have the capacity. And the reason is, the Alter Rebbe says, because their souls are rooted above in the divine realm. Their souls are rooted in the level of Ibur, which is a state of pregnancy. Just like the child, when the child is in the mother's womb, you can't detect. The child is not fully developed. The child is underdeveloped. It's only when the child is born that the child becomes self-sufficient, independent. So too, you have souls that are rooted in the birth of the divine, in the sense that they they have the capacity, they're fully developed souls. They have the capacity to ripen, to mature, and to reach a conclusion. But then there are souls that simply don't have the capacity. They're like in a state of pregnancy. They're full of possibilities, potential, but they can't ripen it. They can't you know, mature it. They can't bring it to its logical conclusion. So, 
although they may be brilliant, and they have brilliant minds, and they understand very clearly, and they understand godliness, and they understand how infinite God is, and how great God is, but they can't get excited about it. Or not, not with this all-consuming passion that grips them, and they're just not, not very passionate people. So the Alter Rebbe says they shouldn't feel bad. It's not due to any fault of their own. It's not they don't feel passionate about godliness, but they feel passionate about other things. They don't feel passionate about anything. Everything in life is, you know, they understand that it's a good thing, and therefore I ought to pursue it, and I ought to want to pursue it. And it's not just something that's cerebral, that's a mental exercise. They actually reach a certain decision in life based on their understanding based on their understanding that God is the essence of reality and therefore the more plugged in you are the more connected you are to Hashem the more real you become and therefore you make a decision that I want to live a life that's consistent with the ultimate reality with my ultimate reality which is Hashem and therefore by studying Torah and being fully engaged in the Jewish way of life of studying Torah and doing mitzvot on a daily basis not just on a high holiday or on a special occasion, but on a daily basis, on a consistent basis, because this is reality, like the air you breathe, and therefore you want to connect with it at all times, and this is your firm resolve, and you live a life consistently, accordingly. So even though, even though you don't have this passion, you don't feel this passion, he says, nevertheless, Hashem will count will look at your Torah mitzvah as if you've done it with passion. And there's a difference if you do something passionately or you don't. When you do something passionately, when you do, when you speak with feeling, and by the way, everyone could be the most eloquent speaker if they'll talk about a subject that they feel passionately about, about raising the rent or other issues. <laughs> A person will speak so eloquently, he'll put Churchill to shame. <laughs> when you care about something and it, it touches you very deeply, suddenly you don't have to go to school to learn how to speak. You speak and, and it just... So, because the words are different. When you speak with excitement and you feel it, the words come alive. Versus if you're speaking cold-bloodedly and you're half asleep and... And it's just technical, mechanical, so it's, it's, it's dry, boring, dry, superficial. And the words are dead, they're limp, limp words. No life, no soul, no vitality, no vigor, no oomph, no excitement. Same thing is with action. When you do an action, but you do it with life, with love, with excitement, with thrill, with passion, the action comes alive. Versus if you're going... going you're just doing it by rote and going through the motion and it's just techniques and mechanics and external the action is dead so how could you compare the Jew who's serving Hashem with passion with love the Benini who does have the capacity to feel things deeply and to get deeply intensely excited about things and as a result of this profound understanding of Godliness it leads his heart is on flame, his heart is on fire. And therefore, consequently, the mitzvot, the deed, the action that result as a result of these feelings are alive, they're on fire. 
how can you compare that to the Bainani who doesn't have the capacity to feel passionately, to feel deeply? His actions are limp. You see, the lacking in vitality, lacking in warmth, lacking in life, lacking in depth, lacking in intensity. It's like colorless. It's more external, mechanical. It says, nevertheless, and this is a great rule for the Bainani to remember, Hashem counts as if as if the mitzvot were done with passion, the mitzvot are alive. And he's going to explain why. And therefore he says, because what's the difference if the mitzvot are done with passion or not done with passion? When the mitzvot are done with passion, with refinement, with sensitivity, with a sense of spirituality, they become the wings that enable the mitzvahs to soar. Because the mitzvahs should refine you. Torah should refine you. And therefore, when you do the mitzvah with a proper feeling, the mitzvahs soar. There's energy to the mitzvah. They fly. Versus if you do the mitzvah cold-bloodedly and by rote and te- technically and mechanically, you're just doing it out of a sense of obligation but with no feeling, no heartfelt feeling and sensitivity, relationship or connection. It's a limp. The mitzvot are dead. They go nowhere. They're not soaring. And they're not causing you to soar. As the Basham Tev said, when he walked into the shul, the synagogue of Mitnagdim, those who were opposed, opponents of the Hasidic movement who did not study Hasidic, spend all their time studying just the Talmud and the law, Hashem walked into the synagogue. He says, I can't walk in. He walked right out. He says, it's full with mitzvah. It's full with Torah. He wasn't complimenting. Because when Torah is studied properly, when it's an egoless pursuit, it's all about connecting with Hashem. It's about the divine. With a sense, coupled with a sense of holiness. And the mitzvah soar, the Torah soars. And your soul soars with it. But when the Torah is flat, they're all on an ego trip. It's all about proving how sharp your mind is and it's all about me, myself, and I and getting a sphere in the world to come and the eternal ego. And Shanta says, this Torah is going nowhere. This Torah is heavy. It's like leaden. There's no energy. There's no soul. There's no refinement. There's no spirituality. There's no... And therefore, well, Shanta said, the soul, the soul is full. But when a Jew does the best of his ability, and his focuses and concentrates his mind and understands, perceives godliness. And due to no fault of his own, he can't take it to the next level. He can't feel, can't get excited, can't, doesn't feel inspired, doesn't feel moved, doesn't feel the ecstasy, doesn't, just doesn't feel the love, doesn't feel the connection. It's all cerebral. In his mind, he figures it out. In his mind, he understands. And therefore, based on that, he makes a, a, res- a resolution that I'm going to live my life accordingly. I want to connect with Hashem, and the only way to connect with Hashem is by consistently, on a daily basis, studying Torah, being fully engaged in the Jewish lifestyle, studying Torah, doing this. And he lives his life accordingly. So since he did the best of his ability, and it's this intellectual, this emotion, emotional state, which is in a state of pregnancy, the emotions are not full-blown emotions. They're the emotions the way they are, like the child in the mother's womb. It's emotions the way they are incorporated in the mind, in the intellect, 
It's intellectual emotions. What's intellectual emotions versus pure intellect? Pure intellect is the concept, the raw concept, the idea. But you're not yet thinking about, is it good, is it not good, is it right, is it wrong? You're not making judgments. It's all about understanding the raw concept. That's raw intellect. Emotional intellect is the state of emotions when it's still included in a level of intellect. Like uh, Intellect is pregnant with emotions. It has the emotion in it, but it's not a self-sufficient, independent being. Still part of intellect is when your mind starts making a judgment based on your understanding. You say, listen, God is good. This is something I ought to pursue. It's something I ought to follow. And therefore, I'm going to follow. But you can't, you can't really feel it. He can't really visualize it. It's not a reality to him. You have one Jew who can visualize. When the Torah says in the Code of Jewish Law, you wake up in the morning and you should picture God standing over your bed. And you jump out of bed because the king of kings, imagine if the president was standing right next to your bed, if the king was standing next to your bed, you would jump out of bed. It's out of respect. Imagine the king of kings is standing over our bed. When a Jew wakes up in the morning, you should jump out of bed because the king of kings is standing right, right, right next to you waiting for you to jump out of bed to serve him. That's what the Code of Jewish Law says. Every Jew is obligated to think. This is not written to tzaddikim. This is written for every Jew. Now we can know about this and we can try, try to fulfill this obligation. But let's not kid ourselves. How many of us have this vivid <laughs> feeling that God is... We wake up and we want to turn over on the next... You know, turn over on our left side. <laughs> <laughs> we're lazy to get up and to come to stroll in time and to put on the tefillin and, and to study Torah and come a little earlier. So for us, it's not a vivid reality. So even though intellectually we understand it, it doesn't translate. It's, it's like in a state of pregnancy. It's underdeveloped. It's immature. It's not ripe. It's not ready yet. And therefore, it doesn't compel us. It doesn't move us forward. But we know enough to know that we ought to experience it. We should feel because the reality is whether we feel it or not, whether we can visualize it or not, the reality is that Hashem is standing over our bed. And the king is the present. So even though we can't really relate to it, if a physical king was there, we could relate to it. But since it's, it's something so abstract, we can't fully relate to it. But we know enough, intellectually, we know that we ought to relate to it. And perhaps it bothers us that we can't relate. And we live, we live, we try to live our life as if we were able to relate. So that's a very sincere effort on the behalf of the Bainani. The Bainani is really making a sincere effort to the best of his ability and due to no fault of his own, he can't do any better. But he's trying to live accordingly. Let me live as if, as if I wouldn't have felt God standing next to me. How would I behave if, if, if I really felt God standing next to me? I would really jump out of my bed. Let me behave accordingly. Let me jump out of bed as if I feel it, even though I know I don't. Perhaps I never will. This is the challenge for most of us. Because many of us have fallen into this category. How many people are so deep, passionate, intense, volcanic? uh, Most people don't feel so deep. Not Not in this area. When it comes to godliness, not in any area in life. Is very content. So, and it's because they don't have the capacity to feel these, 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 these intense emotions. But, but the, our mind 
we do have the clarity of mind. Our mind could dictate to us and tell us, let me live my life as if I truly felt Hashem. And the baby shouldn't feel bad. Am I lacking? Am I missing out on something? No. Because there's something very precious about the pain. The fact that we can feel it, we cannot truly feel it, and we cannot truly experience it, that we cannot truly visualize it in a compelling way. And yet, despite that, we overcome our tendencies, our nature, our habit. And we do the right thing. When our nature tells us sleep, and we overcome our habit, and we jump out of bed because the Code of Jerusalem says, imagine God is standing right next to you. There's something very precious about that. And that's why most of us fall into this category. Most of us are in the category of Beninim and the category of Beninim that he's describing here. He doesn't have the ability of deep, intense emotions. And yet the Torah was given to the majority of the Jewish people. All of the Jewish people. And the majority of the Jewish people fit into this category. But this is because this is something that's very precious to Hashem. The fact that we're able to overcome our nature, the fact that it is such a struggle for us, the fact that it is so abstract to us, the fact that, it, that we really have to work so hard to be fully, become fully engaged in the Jewish way of life. Because if we felt it, if we had that vivid imagery, it wouldn't be such a struggle. If you truly felt Hashem standing over you, <laughs> it wouldn't be such a big struggle to do the right thing. If you felt Hashem is standing and looking into your heart and reading your thoughts and knows exactly where you are, if Hashem is right in front of me, of course, well, well, then there's no struggle. But because it is such a struggle, because it's not a vivid imagery for us, because it's so remote and remote and abstract and we can't really relate to it and we can't form that, that, that strong picture, then, therefore, a compelling picture, therefore it's such a struggle for us. This struggle is so precious in the eyes of Hashem. This gives Hashem so much nachas. This gives Hashem so much pleasure, infinite pleasure. This is the whole purpose of creation. So there's something very precious, very sweet about the Benini. And this Benini, this level of the Benini, that Benini shouldn't feel bad. It's not like he's something lacking and therefore he's inherently flawed. The service of Hashem is inherently flawed. No, he is serving Hashem, as we learned earlier, Emes is on every level. This Baini is serving Hashem with his emes, with his genuineness, with his authenticity, with his truth. He's touching his core and essence by, by, through the struggle and by overcoming his nature and having to struggle. But, because, how is he able to do this? Because at least he has the awareness, at least he has the intellectual capacity, which everyone has, intellectual capacity, to study, to make yourself aware, to meditate, to reflect on it, and at least have the mental clarity to know that this, this is what life is. This is my theme in life. This is my goal in life, to connect with Hashem. And therefore, I will live my life accordingly. The only way to connect with Hashem is by fully engaging as a Jew every day of my life, making, incorporating the study of Torah as part of my daily life, doing a mitzvah, doing something Jewish every day of my life. And this is my theme of my life. My Jewishness is, it becomes the very core and foundation of my being. This is, what, this is what it's all about. Everything that I do is connected with my Jewishness. Flows out from my Jewishness. Even though I can't experience it experientially, but at least I have the clarity of mind to know that this is the emes, this is the truth. And therefore I will live, live, lead my life accordingly. Live my life accordingly. And therefore, Hashem counts it as if 
Your Torah and mitzvot were not limp. Your Torah and mitzvot were alive. As if they were filled with passion. Filled with refinement. Filled with sensitivity. Filled with spirituality, with energy. Filled with a sense of connection. Even though you don't feel it experientially, but Hashem counts it as if. And therefore the mitzvot itself soar and cause your soul to soar and refine you and elevate you and turn you into a more godly person. It's not indicative of a lack of faith. No, but if you don't have the capacity, you have kavan. You're concentrating your mind. But the best that you can do is concentrate your mind, and based on that, you create a tendency in your mind. You know, this is, I ought to pursue, I ought to want it, I ought to desire, I ought to feel passionately about godly things. Because this is the truth, this is reality. And that's the best he can do. And he's exhausted his abilities. Nothing more he can do. That's how God created him. No fault of his own. And as a result, he studies the Torah. So since it's the, that clarity, that intellectual clarity, that theme that motivates him to study Torah, that changes his behavior, and helps him overcome his nature, and overcome his tendencies and his urges and his instincts, and helps him to do the right thing, therefore... Hashem counts it as if his mitzvot were filled with vitality, with vigor, with fervor, with vim, with, with life, with passion, with depth, even though he doesn't feel it experientially. Because it's that intellectual, that awareness that motivates his studying Torah and doing mitzvot. Let's, let's, let's uh, learn inside. The love and fear referred to as tavuna, although not heartfelt emotions, nevertheless serve as wings for one's Torah and mitzvot in the same way as if he practiced them with real fear and love as revealed in the heart, in which case he would have performed them with the desire, fervor and passion that are felt in the heart and soul thirsting for God due to the flaming love of God in his heart as explained above. That a revealed love of God elevates one's Torah and mitzvot by lending warmth and vitality to one's actions. However, the statement that the Tavuna love too possesses this power requires further elucidation. When does the Tavuna love add to the quality of one's observance that enable it to elevate his actions? This the Alter Rebbe now goes on to explain. For it is this Tavuna in his mind and in the recesses of his heart that leads him to engage in the Torah and Mitzvot, as explained above. Had he not meditated on this Tavuna, he would not have occupied himself with them at all, but with his physical needs alone. Even if he is an assiduous student by nature, nevertheless he naturally loves his body more. What is it then that diverts one from his natural inclination to engage in his bodily wants, and that enables his diligence to overcome his physical self-love? It is the love of God, in this case the hidden Tavuna love. For this reason... The Tavuna provides his Torah and mitzvot with wings, enabling them to rise heavenward, as though motivated by revealed and conscious love of God. We're talking about someone who has to overcome his nature, like you said in the beginning of the chapter. The general rule of the Bainan is that a person has to overcome his nature. So what enables the Jew to overcome his nature? By nature, you would rather be pursuing your own bodily needs. And even if you have your bookworm and and you are an introvert, and you enjoy reading, and 
you enjoy rolling up with a few books and shutting the world out and who says it has to be Torah why are you spending your whole day studying Torah ultimately in a certain sense you're overcoming your nature and what's motivating you to overcome your nature what's motivating you is your understanding of Hashem and um, so therefore since that is the motivation that is the energy it's really pushing you to study Torah and do mitzvot. So therefore, that energy, Hashem counts it as if that's the energy that, that's, that's uh, behind the Torah and mitzvot that you study. So the Torah and mitzvot come to life. The Torah and mitzvot has a vitality, does have an energy, does have a refinement to it. Because what motivates it is an understanding of Godliness, a pure understanding of Godliness, the clarity that you have about, about Hashem. So therefore, the mitzvot that you do also become godly, refined, elevating and elevating. Our sages of blessed memory hinted at this principle stated here that the Tavuna love too has a power of elevating one's Torah and mitzvot when they said, the Holy One, blessed be He, joins a good thought to the deed. So the literal meaning is, this is a famous saying throughout the Talmud, that if a person has an, all of intention to do the right thing, but due to circumstances beyond, beyond your control, you just couldn't implement your resolution, Hashem will consider it as if you've done it. Machshava Taiva, good thought. person had a good thought. You wanted to do a mitzvah. But then you wanted to give tzedakah, and then you, know, you, you don't have any money or it's out of your control. Hashem will count it as if you've done it already. That's the simple meaning. But Alter Rebbe asks... The simple meaning of the phrase that when one intends to do a mitzvah but is prevented from doing so... God ascribes it to him as though he had actually performed it, warrants the expression, Torah considers him as though he had actually done it. Right, it should have said, Machshava Taiva, good thought, my love of Akash Hashem considered as if he's done it. When you say Machshava Taiva, good thought, Akash Baruch Mitzarfa, Mitzarfa literally means in Hebrew to connect, Siruf, Ritztaref, to connect, meaning you have an action and you have a thought, but they're disconnected, you need them to be connected, and Hashem miraculously connects the thought to the action. But the literal meaning of the Talmud is there is no action. You had a good thought, a good intention. You wanted to do the right thing, but then you weren't in a position to, due to no fault of your own. Hashem counters as if you've done it. So it doesn't make sense. What do you mean, Matzara of Lamaisi connects it with action? There is no action. All there, all there is is a thought. You should have said, Hashem considers it as if you've done it. So why does he use this expression? Continue. Why the oblique expression, God joins the thought to the deed, which seems to indicate that the thought was indeed implemented, but that the action is somehow detached from it and requires that God join the two together. The explanation, however, lies in the previously mentioned principle. It is the revealed fear and love of God in the heart that vests themselves in one's performance of the commandments, giving them vitality to soar on high. He's not taking away from the literal meaning. He's saying the rabbi also hinted at a deeper meaning. They're hinting at what we're discussing here now. And there's a very general principle in Judaism. That the benin, who doesn't have the capacity for intense emotions, all he has is machshava toifa, all he has is a good thought. Because it doesn't go much further than thought. The emotions are in a state of pregnancy. He can't give birth to full-blown emotions, to full-blown, flaming, passionate feelings, intense feelings. He doesn't feel anything in his heart. It's, it's intellectual emotions, very cold. But it's an emotion, it's a judgment, it's a, it's a resolution in his heart, you know. I mean, in his mind, 
based on my understanding, you know, godliness is something I ought to enjoy. I ought to pursue. This is reality. Um, so that's what he calls a machshava tova. It's a thought. It's a good thought. It's a thought that leads him in the right direction to do the right thing. But all it is is thought. It remains in thought. And he can't progress to the next level. He can't give birth to a full-blown emotion. And that's what he says. Machshava tova. Hashem will count and connect connect the thought with the action. So he says, in a, when a Jew has an overt feeling, emotion, and loves Hashem and feels the connection, has a sensitivity, then it gives life to the mitzvah. The mitzvah comes alive. The action comes alive. You're celebrating. It's a celebration. It's alive. And therefore we understand how this energy could become the wings that allows the mitzvah to soar. Why? Because the heart has that ability. The heart, the heart, since the heart is that part within you, you know, the fun-seeking, the, the, the thrill-seeking, the heart pumps with blood, the heart is, you know, the emotions in the heart. When a person has a real full-blown emotion, you can feel it. It's palpable. It's not abstract. It's very real. It's tangible. You can feel your heart beating. You're excited. You're flush. You're, 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 you feel intense. You feel excited. You feel, um, if your best friend walks into the room and you're having a bad day, your heart starts beating. It lifts up your heart. You feel great. It, 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 if you felt a, a, um, a load on your chest, the load just lifts just by the physical presence of your friend, your heart responds. The heart is physical. It, it's, and people are very emotional. People are very, are also very physical. They're very emotional, very physical. It's, it's very tangible. You can feel it. It's palpable. Therefore, the emotions could influence the actions. When you do a mitzvah with emotions, with feeling, with heart, with love, the, the mitzvahs are alive. Versus the intellect. The intellect is abstract. Intellectuals are very abstract. Calm, cool, abstract, collected. And you don't see the connection so much between the intellect and the emotions and the behavior, the actions. It's like two different worlds. And within the Benini, the connector is missing. The connector is the heart. The heart connects the mind with the actions. But this connector is missing. He doesn't have the heart. Doesn't have the capacity to have it. He just doesn't doesn't feel very strong. Any, not just this. And but the, nevertheless, Hashem takes the thought, this good thought, this intellectual awareness that the person achieved tremendous effort to the best of his ability. And it led him to a certain resolution, a conclusion, based on this concept that I should live my life. My life should be permeated with the theme of godliness. Everything I do should be consistent with this theme. That I should be a godly person instead of just living your life randomly or just responding to emotions and urges and instincts and impulses. You should have a theme to your life. A goal, a purpose. And everything that you do in life should be consistent with this theme and this goal. 
and you actually lead your life accordingly because you fully engage as a Jew in a Jewish way of life on a daily basis, every single day of your life. You do something Jewish, you speak something Jewish, you think something Jewish. Based on this, on this awareness that you, you've achieved. See, even though the step, the missing step, the missing link, the heart is a missing link here, Hashem will count, will take this awareness, this kavana, this intellectual kavana, and connect it to the action. As if the action is filled with vitality, uh, energy, spirituality, sensitivity, and life. Continue. For the heart is also corporeal, like the other organs of the body, which are the instruments of action. Therefore, when one feels a palpable love in his heart, which indicates that the revelation in the soul has become materialized to the point where it can be experienced as a feeling of love in the corporeal heart, then this soul revelation, this love, can also be received by and expressed in the other corporeal organs of the body. When it is so received, and when the organs act in accordance with the love in the heart, then this love lends vitality to these actions. For the heart is a source of vitality for all the organs, as the Alter Rebbe goes on to say. The heart is, however, internal, and is the organ source of vitality. Therefore, because the heart in its corporeality is close to the other organs, and also provides their vitality, it can clothe itself in their actions to be their wings, elevating them. As we see in practice, when one acts out of love, his hands suddenly become animated. For, as stated, when the soul's revelation reaches the point where it is felt in a revealed love, it has become so materialized that it can be experienced in the other organs of the body and can therefore animate their actions. You know the joke the rabbi says he can't, he can't give a sermon because his hands hurt. <laughs> can't speak without, without their hands. And you're passionate about something. And they're known to be passionate. Um, you can't... Because can't, it's heartfelt. Your heart is involved. Versus cold, cerebral, attached, almost lifeless, <laughs> corpse-like, you know. Um, so that's the nature of the heart. The nature of the heart, the heart is, 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 the heart is pumping. It's, your pulse is racing, your heart is racing. You can feel it. It's tangible, it's physical, it's emotion, it's spiritual. But, it, but it's, it's, you know, it's alive in a very tangible way and therefore it affects your actions. Your actions come alive. Your speech is different. The prayer, the words that you pray are different. They're alive. The words are exciting. You say the prayer with excitement. Versus if there's no heart. But he's saying it's not it's not like in like it's heartless. Not heartless. Heartless means you couldn't care less. Heartless is the Jew. Who has doesn't ha- has no effort? He's just coasting along. There's no awareness. There's no effort to change. There's no effort to overcome his nature. There's no. He's not serving Hashem. It's, it's, it's just he grew up this way, and he's just conforming, just going along with the program, and it's just second nature. That's heartless. Here we're talking about a Jew who's putting in his his heart and soul. For he doesn't have a heart to put in, but he's putting in whatever he has. He's trying hard. He's working on it. 
he's concentrating, he's focusing, he's learning, he's thinking about it, he's trying to concentrate on it, and he's, try, and he's trying to achieve a certain clarity, and he feels that he's, in his heart, his mind tells him, you ought to feel excited about this, even though he doesn't. You ought to feel God's presence standing over your bed when you wake up in the morning, even though he doesn't. But he knows enough, and he tries hard to act accordingly as if he would have felt. So he is, he's pouring out everything that he has into the Torah and And, as he said earlier, that's the ultimate reason why he's overcoming his nature. Why is he overcoming his nature? Why is he working so hard? It's only because of his, because he cares about Hashem. Otherwise, why bother? See, even though it's not, he can't feel it experientially, he doesn't feel that passion, that intensity, that depth of feeling, but he cares. The proof is, look how hard he's working. Look how much time and effort he's putting into this. And he's overcoming his nature, and he's rising above his nature, and he's jumping out of bed in the morning, even though he, doesn't, he can't conjure up that vivid imagery that would compel him to feel Hashem's presence and compel him to jump out of bed. But he's doing it anyway. It's so precious. Look how deeply he cares. So he, in a sense, he is pouring out his heart. And Hashem recognizes it. And that's what the Talmud is telling us, that Hashem counts it as if you would have done it with, just, the, just like the Jew who is passionate, that the mitzvah that you're doing are full of life. Because you are, in a certain sense, pouring out your heart and soul into this mitzvah. And even though you don't feel it, you don't realize how deeply you care about it, but the fact is you do care deeply enough, enough to, to, to uh, exert so much effort and to do the best that you can, and to think, and to concentrate, and to study, and to learn, and on a constant basis, and to put so much time into it, and put so much effort into this, obviously you care. You don't even realize how much you care. You don't even realize how much heart and soul you're putting into this, how genuine it is, how authentic it is, and how precious it is to Hashem, how beautiful it is. And if Hashem says, you don't realize how refined it is. It's very subtle, but it is. And therefore the mitzvah that you're doing are refined and they're godly and they're sweet and they're beautiful and they, they, they soar. They have the wings. They have the energy to soar and you soar with them also. It refines you. It elevates you. Even though you don't feel any of this. But don't think for a moment otherwise that you don't have that you're missing that you're lacking out that you're lacking. You're missing out. In a certain sense, you, that's your truth. You're touching Hashem, and Hashem is very moved. Hashem is very moved by your service, just like, just like He's moved by the tzaddik service. Something very precious and very sweet about the service of potential service of the majority of the Jewish people. We're not tzaddik. And not even the level of the benini that does have the capacity of deeply felt emotions. They don't have that capacity. Yes, they all have the capacity to think, concentrate their mind have clarity of mind that takes effort everyone can accomplish and based on that you can you can make a judgment godliness is good godliness is right something I want to pursue I want to become fully engaged I want to become a total Jew I want to live as a Jew every day of my life Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos every situation in my life I want my life to be consistent with this truth and you live accordingly then you're fully engaged. You have an inner life, you're fully engaged, even though you don't, it's not visible. To the naked eye, it's not visible. You don't see. 
is when a Jew is passionate, even to the naked eye, it's visible. The words are alive, it's exciting. The mitzvot are exciting. Here you see the Jews struggling. So to the naked eye, you don't appreciate it. You don't see the connection. The thought is here and the action is here. But Hashem, not to the naked eye, but Hashem knows and sees what's going on. And Hashem says, no, there's truth there. There's so much heart and soul in this mitzvah. The Jew cares. He doesn't, doesn't even realize himself how much he cares. And how deeply he cares about it. The fact that he's struggling so hard and he's trying so hard. And he's doing the best that he can. And he's going all out. Whatever he can, he's, putting, he's becoming fully engaged. And he's developing an inner life to the best of his ability through awareness. And that's what motivates him to do the mitzvah. Otherwise, if without this awareness, he wouldn't have the ability to overcome his nature. He wouldn't, he wouldn't overcome his nature. He wouldn't even pretend as if Hashem is, li- is standing over his bed. He wouldn't be jumping out of bed. The only reason he's jumping out of bed is because he has the presence of mind. He studied and he learned that Hashem is standing over the bed, whether, he we're, whether he's aware of it or not. That is the reality. And therefore, yeah, your mind tells you, I better act accordingly. Because this is something I ought to feel, even though I can't and I don't. But let me act accordingly, as if I felt it. And you base your life accordingly. You're building your whole life. You're building a relationship with Hashem. You're building your whole life on this reality, even though you can't feel it. Why would you do this unless, unless deep down you felt so strongly about this? Without even realizing how deeply felt it. You're going to build a whole life on a marriage, on a relationship. You don't feel anything. You can't feel anything. And yet, you give it, you give it your all. Because there's truth here. Even though you don't feel it, it doesn't take away from the reality. Husband and wife are connected. Two have souls. Whether they feel it or not, it doesn't change the reality. And the Torah demands us to live accordingly whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel it or not. And to base your life on this reality, day in, day out, 24-7. How can I live my life and I don't feel it? Shouldn't everything be based on experience? Taurus says, no. Don't base your life just on experience. We have a relationship with God. We have a marriage to God. We don't feel it. We don't feel this. We're swept, swept off our feet. We're passionate love. We're melting. Our hearts are melting with ecstasy. Melting with love. <laughs> it's not that way. Baal Shem says, why does a Jew shake in davening? Because it's like intimacy. A Jew feels so intimate with Hashem. His soul is expiring in ecstasy. <laughs> we don't feel that. But this is, this is the reality of a Jew. Why are we studying Torah? Why are we doing Mitzvah? Why are we praying three times a day? Why are we doing any of this? Oh, the only reason is because there's a marriage, there's a relationship. So am I to go through my entire life, build my life on a reality that I can't experience and I can't feel deeply, intensely, authentically, genuinely, passionately, profoundly, Am I being authentic? Am I being genuine? Is this enough to build your life on? 
Malka Rebbe says, yes, this is a great rule for the Benin. Because the reality is that relationship is there. It's inherent, it's innate, it's there. The connection is there. And therefore, even if you don't feel it experientially, it doesn't change the reality. Hashem is standing over your bed, whether you feel it or not. We have this marriage with Hashem. We are two half-souls, whether we feel it or not, aware of it or not. That truth is there. And your mind could appreciate it. Your mind could understand it. Your mind could understand that this is reality. Whether I feel it or not, it doesn't change the reality. Just because I can't visualize Hashem standing there means, means Hashem is not standing right next to my bed when I wake up in the morning. The reality is there. The King of Kings is standing right next to me. is looking into my heart and is eagerly awaiting me to jump out of bed to serve. So the mind appreciates that, that truth. That reality is there whether I experience it or feel it or don't feel it. And therefore, you, can, you have enough to go on to base your entire life to create a solid foundation, a cornerstone for the entire life. That I am going to lead my life based on this truth. That there is a marriage, there is a relationship, and I don't feel it. I'm not swept away and I, you know. But the reality is there is a marriage, there is a relationship, there is a connection. And I'm going to live my life according. And Hashem, when you look at it with a naked eye, you don't see. You don't see that passion, that energy. So you say to yourself, this is not real. This person is not an intensely mystic. He's not a mystic. He's not a very profound spiritual person. So it's not real. What value does his Torah mitzvot have? But Hashem, who doesn't see with the naked eye, Hashem sees the truth. Hashem sees. It's so precious. This is so authentic. This is so genuine. It's so real. This Jew is so connected. It's so refined. It's so sweet because without even realizing it, the connection is there. The Jew feels so deeply and so strongly that the fact that you're ready to pour so much effort and that you're ready to, to exert yourself and to create this awareness and the fact that you're ready to lead your whole life accordingly based on this cornerstone, this foundation, shows how deep down you do care and you care so much you don't even realize it yourself. that you're ready to pour your heart your whole being your whole heart and soul into this mitzvah so this mitzvah is really a reflection of what's really going on deep down inside and therefore Hashem who doesn't see with the naked eye sees how much energy there is in this mitzvah how real is this and therefore the mitzvah soars and it is elevated and it elevates your soul in the process. And it refines you. And does make you into a better person. However, the above-mentioned fear and love that are in the intelligence of the brain and the recesses of the heart are of a far higher order than the level of action. Therefore, they cannot clothe themselves in the performance of the commandments to become their intellectual power and vitality, to elevate them so that they may soar on high. The inability of the love to find expression beyond the mind, which is far more spiritual than the other organs, 
indicates that the revelation of soul present in the Tavuna love has not become materialized enough to affect the other more corporeal organs. As we see, when one's actions are motivated not by the desire of his heart, but solely by his understanding that he ought to act in a particular manner, then his actions lack vitality. So it is too of the Tavuna love and Tavuna fear. They are so far removed from the organs that they are incapable of lending vitality to the actual performance of the mitzvot and to elevate them thereby. If not for the fact that God joins and unites them together with the action, so that they may serve as its wings. This is the novelty. This is what Hashem does for us. That Hashem takes the thought, which refers to the intellectual awareness, and He takes the action, and He marries the two, He merges the two, He brings them together, He connects the two, that the actions have wings, the speech have wings, they're alive, they're vital, they're genuine, they're authentic, they're deep, profound, very real. Very real. So, it's like in a marriage. When you act as if you love your spouse, even though at that moment you don't feel any love in your heart, that's the right thing to do. Because that is real. Because the truth is, you are connected. Whether you feel it or not, whether you appreciate it or not at that moment, doesn't change the reality. You're two half-souls and you're connected. So when you act accordingly, when your actions reflect that truth, that's genuine, that's authentic versus those who build their lives on on emotions instinct, impulses, emotions if I feel passionately then I have to be true to myself if I feel passionately then I will behave accordingly but if I don't feel madly in love and I don't feel swept by my feet swept off my feet and then this is not an authentic relationship it's not a genuine relationship and it's not for me. I'm, an, I'm a genuine person. I'm an authentic person. But that's not the Torah approach. The Torah approach to life is just the opposite. Al-Turabi says this is a great rule in the life of a Jew, in the life of a Benin. The approach to life can't be based on emotions, on instincts, on passion. It has to be based on Chabad. It has to be based on awareness and understanding. On the machshava teva, on the good thought, on the proper thought. Whether you feel it or not, it doesn't change the reality. The reality, it is what it is. And therefore, when you do the right thing, even if you don't feel it, and it's not heartfelt, don't think that you're, you're not being genuine, you're not being authentic, you're being superficial, you're being external, you're imposing. It's so unnatural. You want to be natural. If you feel passionate about it, you'll do it. If you don't feel passionate about it, you won't do it. It's so unnatural. On the contrary. The great rule of the Bainini is to overcome your nature. Don't follow your nature. Don't follow your instincts, your passion. The great rule of the Bainini is to follow the machshava teva, the mind, the thought. That your life should be consistent, reflect reality. The reality is that there is a relationship between you and Hashem. I live my life accordingly. Whether I feel it or not, whether I'm aware of it or not, whether I appreciate it or not, whether I'm sensitive to it or not, this moment, it doesn't change the reality. The truth is, we have a relationship. When you're married, even if you don't feel it at the moment, you're married. And you treat each other that way, respectfully, lovingly, whether you feel it or not. That's the authentic way. That's the genuine way. That's the refined way. 
that's the way that Hashem connects the thought with the action. Because then it, it, you pour your heart and soul into it. And then it's real. And it elevates you. And it refines you. And you are elevated by it. This is very revolutionary. This is counterintuitive. This is contrary to psychology 101, the pop psychology. The exact opposite, the antithesis of everything that pop psychology tells you. Follow your nature. Follow your instincts. Follow your passions. Follow your impulses. Be authentic. Be, be genuine. And the, the Taurus is just the opposite. Don't follow your emotions. Follow the Machshavah Tov, the Chabad. Follow the reality, the truth, whether you feel it or not. Do it. Do it. Act like, act like that way. Act that way, even if you don't feel it. Act like you're married, even if you don't feel it. Act like you love, even if you don't feel it. But that's that's genuine. That's authentic. That will soar. That's what please that's what's pleasing in Hashem's eyes. Counterintuitive, the exact opposite of what without the Torah. We would come to the exact opposite conclusion. So this chapter is a very profound chapter, a very deep chapter, very powerful. It's telling us that a Jew should not just follow nature and instinct and a Jew should Follow your Chabad. Have the clarity of have the awareness, have the clarity of mind. Remember what the truth is, what the emphasis is. And live your life accordingly. Behave according in a way that's consistent with your mind, even if your heart is left out of the picture. And Hashem will connect it to and count it as if your mitzvot are done with passion, with fervor, with vitality, with love, with excitement. Because the truth is, the truth is that you do feel so deeply about it. Otherwise, why would you do it? If it goes against your nature, if it goes against your impulse, if it goes against your urge, if it goes against your instinct, why am I doing this? Only because you care so deeply. Without even realizing how deeply you care. It's not visible to the naked eye. Only Hashem appreciates, Hashem sees the inner soul of the Jew, and Hashem sees how deeply a Jew cares about it. So live your life that reflects that truth deep down inside, whether we're aware of it or not, it doesn't change reality. This is the Jewish way of life. The external should be a reflection of what's going on on the deepest levels inside. Feeling it, that, that's, not the, that's not the beginning, middle, and end of everything. That's not the criteria. It's not the definition of genuineness and authenticity. Nature, natural, instinct, urge, impulse. No, that's not the, the criteria of emesis. It has to be based on Chabad. Chabad, on understanding, awareness. And that doesn't change. Once you understand, you're aware, this is the reality. Reality is you have a marriage, you have a relationship. Whether you feel it or not, it doesn't change the reality. Two half-souls, it's just the reality. Something that precedes you. Before you were even born, it was already... You were two half-souls, you just inherently connect. Period. End of, end of story. When you understand that we have a relationship with Hashem, we have a connection with Hashem, whether we feel it or we don't feel it, it doesn't change the reality. And therefore you make a decision, a firm decision in your mind. Even though you don't have the maturity to feel it in your heart. 
due to no fault of your own, but you make a firm decision, I'm going to live my life accordingly. I'm going to base my life on this concept, and this theme, and this idea, and this truth, and this reality, which my, which my mind is like a light that illuminates me and guides me to the truth. I switch the light on and I see what's real, what's not real. Even though I don't feel the fervor, and I don't feel the love, and I don't feel the passion, I don't feel the spirit, it doesn't change the reality. My life is going to be consistent on a daily basis. Consistently, day in, day out. This is the challenge of Torah and Mitzvah. This is the Jewish way of life. Okay? They that Tavuna fear and love are called God thought, for they are not actual fear and love in a revealed state in the heart, but only in the intelligence of the brain and the recesses of the heart, as mentioned above. Since they express themselves in the mind, they are called good thought. This, then, is the illusion contained in the statement, God joins the good thought to the deed. God joins the good thought, the tavuna love and fear, to the good deed that one has actually performed, so that the deed is not separate from the thought, but instead is elevated by it. In the following note, the Alter Rebbe states that this idea is expressed in the Kabbalah in terms of the Sephirot, the divine attributes, and from this we may understand its parallel in the human faculties. Thus it is also written in the Zohar and Eitz Chaim that the Hebrew word Tevuna, understanding, comprises the letters which form the words Ben and Bat, son and daughter, which in terms of human emotions represent love and fear. Sometimes the Tavuna descends to become the intelligence in the feminine aspect of the small image, that is, the recipient of the divine midot, or attributes, which are referred to collectively as the small image, which in the human sphere refers to the letters of Torah and mitzvot. The normal order would be that the Tavuna descend first to the small image, the midot, and thence to the feminine aspect, the attribute of Malchut. Sometimes, however, there's a direct flow from Bina to Malchut, bypassing the intervening midot. In terms of one's service to God, this means the normal procedure should be that the understanding derived from one's meditation should affect his emotions, arousing a love and fear within him, and these emotions should in turn express themselves in one's actual performance of the commandments. There is, however, an alternative method of affecting one's actions, through the direct influence of the Tevuna. The initiated shall understand, that is, the Kabbalistic references contained in the note will be more fully elucidated in the course of further study. He said the word Tevuna, which means understanding, the word itself is made up of two words, Ben and Bas. The word Tevuna has the Bez, and it has the Nun, Ben, Tevuna, also has the base and the soft bat. Um, so, bane and bas. Yeah, son and daughter. Because he said earlier that the, the, the birth, the intellect, gives birth to emotions. Your em- emotions are based on your intellect, your understanding, your awareness. So, so, the ideal is, the normal way of things is that the intellectual awareness gives birth to emotions, which in turn leads to thought, speech, and action, to speech. You think about something you're passionate about, that you, feel, that you, you talk about things that you're excited about. That's a normal, normal procedure. First you understand, you're aware. Awareness leads to feelings, and, which leads to speech. 
you speak about things that you're excited about. You know, you're thinking about. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about things that you care about. Things that you love, things you're afraid of. That, that's what you're thinking about. But then there's also sometimes you just skip. You go straight from the awareness straight to the, to the speech without the intervening um, emotions. For example, we're discussing here, a person doesn't have the capacity of emotions. A person doesn't have the ability of emotions. Not because he's a heartless person. He doesn't feel, he doesn't feel about anything deeply. He's just, he just doesn't get excited, doesn't feel passionately about, it, about anything. Even things he should be passionate about. He just doesn't have that capacity. That's why many times people, people are dating and they, they, they come back and say, no, I don't feel passionate. But then that, you have to ask themselves, you know, you, you've been around this world 25 years. You know, you, you're the type of person, you don't feel passionate about anything. So why... why and you have to know who you are. You have to know yourself. <laughs> a little self-awareness. You know, so it's not like there's something abnormal about you. It's just, it's just, that's just the way you are. In your mind, you know something is good, and therefore you want to pursue it. Just like you made a decision to go in your, a career decision, a business decision. This is something that's good, and you're doing it. But again, it's not, you're not passionate about it. And, but if you're not passionate about business, you're not passionate about anything in your life. So what do you think this is different? So it's not... A, it's not showing in anything that there's something wrong, maybe this is not for me. <laughs> that's, that's not the criteria. So people, you know, you have to be aware of yourself. You have to know who you are and uh, how you experience life. Um, what capacities you have. So there are times when the intellectual awareness translates, leads straight to the speech. It leads you to speak. It leads you to do the right thing and to say the right thing, even though you don't feel anything in your heart. But you know in your mind, this is reality, this is the truth, this is the way I ought to feel, this is the way I ought to experience. I don't, I can but, but this is good, and therefore I'm going to base my life on this truth. Whether I feel it or not, it doesn't make it less truthful. On the contrary, it wouldn't be untruthful if I just follow my nature and my passions and my emotions and my instincts and my urges and my impulses. That's not truth. That's not authentic. That's superficial. It's when a Jew, when you have the awareness and you're able to follow, you have the clarity of mind and you're able to know that there is a truth irrespective, independent of my feelings, of the, my moods of the day and my feelings of this moment. The Torah is not limited to moods and feelings. When you're in a mood, do the right thing. When you're not in a mood, all better off. That's not the Jewish way of life. The Jewish way of life is 24-7, consistent. And this is a Torah not for angels, a Torah for real live human beings, of flesh and blood, given to us by our Creator, who knows us better than we know ourselves. Let's listen, I'm giving you a real program called the Code of Jewish Law for real people. When I tell you you have to treat each other this a certain way and you have to respect each other, this is the way it is. Because it's based on reality, it's based on emphasis, it's based on truth. And your mind can appreciate it. Your mind can understand it even if your heart doesn't feel it. Your mind tells you, I ought to feel it, because this is the reality, and therefore I'm going to live my life based on this truth. This is the Chabad way. This is the Jewish way. Mind over matter. Overcoming your nature. Overcoming your superficial nature, your instincts. And ironically and paradoxically, that is the authentic way. So you're, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, but you say instincts may not always be passionate, or, but your instincts can be kind of aloof and cold. Okay. And not to follow those... Right. The instincts aren't just one kind. Of, it's not just one kind of flip the switch, and you're excited about something, right. and you convince yourself out of doing that. There's actually you can be cold and actually not allowing the coldness to keep you removed from doing something. Right. Also. 
Right, right. And then Hashem makes a connection for you. Right. Hashem makes a connection. Yeah, that's why you, you missed that part. I that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hashem makes a connection, exactly. Because Hashem knows that this is how authentic it is. Hashem looks beneath the surface, and Hashem goes beyond the naked eye, and Hashem sees how genuine it is, how authentic it is. That a yid is going against his nature, against his, his emotions, and against his instincts. And he's doing the right thing based on truth. Because he wants to little, live a life of truth. This is, this is so precious. You can't imagine how precious it is, and how genuine it is, and how authentic it is. Now consistent it is with, with your core. Only Hashem could see it and appreciate it. Only Hashem knows the infinite value of how precious it is. So the Bainini shouldn't feel bad that I'm lacking, I'm missing because I'm not like the tzaddik, or I'm not like the higher level of the Bainini. And I'm going through the, it seems I'm, going through, I'm doing everything that's right and I'm struggling and yet I don't see the fire. I'm waiting for the fire, I'm waiting for the flame, I'm waiting for the... And I just don't, I can't experience it. Maybe really, occasionally, on a special moment, special holiday. But I can't really get in touch with it on a real level. So maybe my whole service of Hashem is not authentic and not genuine. He says, no, on the contrary. It's very genuine. It's very authentic. And Hashem makes the connection. And Hashem realizes, sees, but we don't see, we don't appreciate how the Jew cares so much. And he is pouring out his heart and soul into it. The fact that you're overcoming your nature, the fact that you're living your life accordingly, day in, day out, consistently, that means that, that this is so real. It's so genuine, so precious. Okay. The Alter Rebbe now goes on to say that the effect of God's joining the good thought of Tavuna to one's good deeds is that in this way the mitzvot are able to ascend to the world of Berea. This is a world of comprehension. And all the mitzvot, motivated by emotions arising from an understanding of God's greatness, ascend there too. But even without this act of joining the good thought to the deed, one's Torah mitzvot ascend to the lower world of Yetzirah, a world of feeling, since one's performance is motivated, the very least, by the inherent love affair of God that is hidden in the heart of every Jew. So even if a Jew does mitzvot just because I'm Jewish. It's, it's, it's a natural thing for a Jew to feel Hashem or to be connected with Hashem. I'm a Jew and therefore I have to act like a Jew. So even though there's no thought process, there's no awareness, there's no... You know, I'm, I'm just doing it out of habit, but because I'm a Jew. It's like an instinct. I'm a Jew and therefore a Jew has to, has to do the, the Jewish thing. Does that bypass the intellect? You mean? Yeah, there is no intellect. There's no effort here. There's no awareness. There's no understanding. There's no tremendous uh, achievement here. It's just, it's just naturally, instinctively. For a Jew, this is our nature. This is our instinct. The Jew has a nature, an instinct. I'm a Jew, and if I have to do the Jewish thing, I understand it. I don't understand it. It doesn't matter. But since there's no inner life, there's no inner energy, there's no inner refinement, there's no inner change, Therefore, but nevertheless, since you're doing it with that Jewish instinct, so the mitzvot, it's not just cold and mechanically. You are doing it just with a feeling, like an instinctive feeling, that I'm a Jew and therefore I have, I have to do what Hashem wants me to do. So the mitzvot are elevated at least to the level of Yitzira, the world of Yitzira, which is the world of, of emotions. But it's not elevated to the world of Bria, which is the world of, of, of awareness, of concepts, of intense, profound um, understanding of Hashem really becoming one with Hashem. That can only be elevated through Torah mitzvah that are done with love, with feeling, with, through effort, through awareness, through personal effort, 
then the mitzvot soar, then the mitzvot are spiritual, the mitzvot are sensitivity, and that elevates the mitzvah to the world of, of, of Berea. But he says, when Hashem connects the two, when Hashem connects the, the intellect, the machshav the good thought, the emotions in the, that are in a pregnant state in the world of intellect, because the Jew can't ripen this emotion or mature this emotion or give birth to a full-fledged emotion, to a full-blown emotional feeling in his heart, where his heart... Uh, you know, palpable feeling um, but nevertheless since it's this intellect and this awareness that leads him to do the right thing to overcome his nature and uh, leads him not to follow his heart and not to follow his nature and not to follow his instinct and to do the right thing therefore Hashem makes the connection and Hashem considers it as if he's done the mitzvah with that passionate feeling and therefore the, his Torah mitzvah that results from it are elevated to the world of Bria, to the higher world. But God effects this joining of Tavuna to action in order to elevate the performance of the commandments and the Torah study, which are carried out through the influence of the good thought, viz. the Tavuna, mentioned above, into the world of Bria. The world of Bria being the level to which ascends the performance of Torah mitzvot when motivated by fear and love deriving from one's meditation, and which are truly revealed in one's heart. However, even without this joining, they rise to the world of Yetzirah by means of the natural fear and love which are latent in the heart of all Jews from birth, as will be explained later at length. In summary, even he who cannot create a conscious, palpable love and fear of God in his heart can serve God with a perfect service through the Tavuna emotions. Thereby, too, his performance of the Torah mitzvot will ascend to the same level as that motivated by revealed love and fear of God. I have a question for you. It's a little bit of One of my favorite stories from Baal Shem Tov is the Yid who did the Seder for davening. So he just said the whole Seder every day and the Chassidim went with the Baal Shem Tov and he asked him the Shiloh and, and then they saw him walking across the lake and the Baal Shem Tov said, by him it's with him. He's doing, what, what level was his davening? Was he... So this is the simple Jew. The Baal to love the simple Jew. Yeah. Whatever the simple Jew did, first it was unselfconsciously. There's no ego. It was as genuine as you can get. It was no ears. It was no embellishment. There was no almost no human fingerprints on it. Whatever the Jew, whatever he did, was so heartfelt, sincere, with every fiber of his being and every bone in his body. You know, with a broken heart, with a uh, sincerity with a, a genuineness, you know, would pour his heart out to Hashem, and, and it was totally, un, you know, totally unaware. There was no self-awareness. There was no ego. There was no. It was so pure. It was so authentic. The simple Jew touches Hashem in the deepest way. Hashem is moved and stirred by the simplicity of the simple Jew more so than he is stirred by the great mystic and the great scholar and the great philosopher and the great meditator. And because by us, it's, 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 you know, it's, an, it's an embellishment. It's, there's self-awareness, there's self-consciousness. You know, there's an ego that gets in the way that interferes. A simple Jew is like a simple child. It's like so guileless, so genuine. So, uh, you know, there's no reservations, there's no, he's not holding anything back, it, it's, he's just, he says what he means, he means what he says, whatever he does, he does 100%, and this is so precious to Hashem, the Hashem to love the simple Jew, 
Rosh the simple Jew was the ultimate Jew, the epitome of that simplicity, of that sincerity, of that it was so moving, so genuine that he says, Hashem can't be helped but be moved. And he showed his students, his students, the greatest rabbis, mystics, and scholars of Eastern Europe. He would take them to simple Jews, they should learn from the simple Jews. How their sincerity doesn't even come close with all their greatness and all their brilliance and all their spiritual accomplishments and higher levels of consciousness. It doesn't even begin to touch the scratch the surface, it doesn't even begin to come close to the depth, the infinite depth and worth and value and preciousness of the simple Jew who serves Hashem without guile, 100%. It's so, that's so authentic and so genuine. So you can learn from that truth to try to be, to capture some of that genuineness and, and, and truthfulness, to stand before Hashem without any, you know, remove your armor, remove your chinks, and you know, we all come... We all come very guarded and we're not genuine or truthful and, and the, the simple Jew is just so so real. And you know <laughs> they don't manufacture them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're born, they're real. I mean in New York we're no peasants here. there are there are there are people who have that. They're just sincere, they're genuine, they're not they're not there's no ears about them, there's no Nothing artificial. It's all very down to earth, very simple, very broken hearted, very and you know, and because it captures the Jews' relationship to Hashem. It's not man made, it's not it's just is, it's just reality. And the simple Jew, there's nothing in the way. Just just emerges in all his beauty. While by us, it's all covered up and and and, and it's hard to see, appreciate that inner beauty, that inner uh, and this is Hashem to love the simple Jew. And he said, Halavai, we should have, be like a simple Jew. Without being simple. <laughs> the ideal is not to pretend that you're simple. God gave you a talent, God gave you a brain, God gave you a mind. But at the same time, to have that simplicity and that sincerity and that simple faith and that humility and that genuineness, that's an ideal. That's an ideal. It's not easy. It's not simple being simple. <laughs> 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 to be continued, chapter 17, next week.